first of all, welcome again. Um, as Denise said, I'm, I'm Matt. I'm really glad that you're able to be with us. And um, as you all are answering um, into the chat, I'm going to ask the room here, um, what's your favorite Christmas movie or, or, or TV special? Rudolph. Rudolph. My, my daughter is seriously into Rudolph. The Preacher's Wife. All right. This Christmas with Chris Byrne. White Christmas. Charlie Brown. I was waiting for Charlie Brown to come. The Muppets Christmas Carol. Is that coming in from the stream? Oh, no. That's, that's just Nate. Okay. Todd, Todd Kennedy wants you all to know that the correct answer, whatever your opinion is, is Die Hard. Um, now, I know that there are all sorts of internet wars um, about whether or not Die Hard even qualifies for the category, um, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to wade into that yet. Um, do we have anything from the stream yet? Are we still, am I still, I'm still in riffing phase. Um, that, that's how this goes. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I'll throw out, I think one of mine is, is Elf that hasn't been mentioned yet. The stream just said Elf. Well, the stream knows what's up. Um, elf, I think, is one of the correct answers. I'm waiting to find out whether, whether uh, Josh Williams is truly on sabbatical, because I think if he's not and he's engaging on the stream, he would tell us the nightmare before Christmas. Is that right? It's a Wonderful Life. There's, there's a classic, The Grinch. That's another. My Cousin Vinny. We're, we're again, we're again, we're, we're just wondering whether it fits the category to begin with. Um, nice, nice. Well, um, it seems like, um, like there's, there's a lot of love for a good Christmas movie, a good Christmas TV special. In fact, it was, it was weird this past week um, when uh, Hannah and Junie and I were at home. We, we heard um, Joy to the World and Oh Holy Night blasting from downstairs. Now, you might ask, why is that weird? Well, our downstairs neighbors are, um, are Orthodox Jews. Um, it was surprising to hear um, these Christmas carols blasting. We were totally dumbfounded until we discovered Mariah Carey's new Christmas special. And we watched it, and we recognized, like, all of the arrangements. Um, that was what was being blasted um, from downstairs. But something struck me about this special, something typical but perhaps particularly brazen in the instance of this Mariah Carey Christmas special. Um, the whole thing um, kicks off with Tiffany Haddish reading a parody of Twas the Night Before Christmas. And this thing like sort of frames the whole conceit um, for everything that follows. Um, and she reads breathlessly, Twas the night before Christmas, and all white with snow, but Santa was worried. Holiday spirit was low. You see, the people of Earth had quite a rough year, and few could muster up any holiday cheer. All those plain dark houses were more than just a sad sight. The team at the North Pole was in a desperate plight. Without any candles or Christmas lights to show him the way, Santa would truly get lost in the dark on his sleigh. Santa cried out to Billy, his trusty secretary, We need to raise everyone's spirits. They must be merry. Billy, that is Billy Eichner, amazingly enough, um, calls a bunch of his celebrity friends and each reports their 2020 blues as the Chiron reads below things like tidings, not good, and insufficient cheer. The alarm sounds, Christmas is in peril, and only the musical stylings of the diva of divas, Mariah Carey, can save the day. 
Now, of course, this is ridiculous and campy and self-aware and all of that memeable postmodern goodness. But like I said, I think it's also somewhat typical. As I said, Elf, one of my favorite Christmas movies, I think plays off a relatively similar premise. Christmas spirit is low. Santa's sleigh can't fly without it. And at the climax of the movie, the main characters sort of win the day by extracting holiday cheer from a gathered grump of, a group of grumpy New Yorkers. Holiday cheer, it's like gasoline for Santa's sleigh. And he is addicted to it. He needs it. We have to give it to him. I, I think this is no accident. This Santa is the perfect hero for the modern globalized economy. Because you see, Santa doesn't just want us to be happy. Santa needs us to be happy. And this is exactly what it is to live in our world. And now, I don't know when it started. Some 250 years ago, Thomas Jefferson guaranteed us the right to pursue happiness. But somewhere between then and now, Jefferson's right has become our burden, a most sacred responsibility, a demand that we be happy. At no time does that burden weigh heavier than at Christmas time, when the annual happiness bill comes due expressed in seasonal units of cheer or holiday spirit or even Christmas joy. And it's not just the secular culture that can come demanding this emotional payment. There are church equivalents, I think. Well-intentioned, no doubt. We wish each other the joy of the Advent season, but in the context of a culture in which the wish for happiness has become a demand that we produce the wished-for happiness— it's easy to feel the same about wishes of joy and glad tidings of the church calendar. It might even seem to us that this demand is biblical. More than once, the Apostle Paul commands joy. Rejoice in the Lord always, he says. I will say it again. Rejoice. Is this just the biblical equivalent of this never-ending burden of producing happiness? The answer, praise God, is no. God is not Santa Claus. God does not need you to be happy. God does not demand joy, even or especially at Christmas. God offers joy. God invites us to enter into God's joy. So, so this afternoon, I want to take just a few minutes to consider what, what makes this offer, this genuine, no-strings-attached invitation to joy so life-giving, where the holiday demand to supply Santa's cheer can be so draining. So this will be typical. I've got three points. I'll, I'll just walk you through them. <laughs> all right? So first of all, whereas holiday spirit is sort of sucked in and sort of um, stuck in the present— Christian joy rejoices in hope. I think this is a different sort of like temporal relationship, dynamic for, our, for Christian joy. As we read in Romans 12, 12, Paul invites us to rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, and persevere in prayer. And there's wisdom I've been realizing in the, these Advent traditions that we've received from the history of the church. There's wisdom in the fact that as we go through these four weeks, that, that, that hope comes first. 
Hope comes first, and it inflects all that comes after it. The peace of Advent is, as Daniqua reminded us, not the false peace of the world that we know, but the peace of the world that we hope for, promised, and even now breaking in. So too is Christian joy. The joy of Advent is not the false joy of the world that Santa demands, but the true joy for which we hope promised and even now breaking into the world in the good news that in Jesus, God is with us. And so we can rejoice always because there is always cause for hope. Jesus and his kingdom coming. Not that it's already here in its fullness. We know, especially this year of all years, that things on earth are not yet as they are in heaven. And genuine Christian joy is all about rejoicing in hope of what is not yet fully present. Joy oriented toward the hope of God's coming kingdom. The hope of things done God's way. And, 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 and make no mistake, those, some of those hopes we do in fact see in front of us. We see a, a creation created good by God and we see um, good godly causes for joy all around us. And we see God's kingdom breaking in. Um, in, 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 in moments, these two are causes for joy. But, but joy, we, we rejoice in hope. And if we skip over this dynamic of hope, our joy, should we be able to muster it up, becomes naive and shallow. And if we're unwilling or unable to pretend that everything is perfect, we find ourselves feeling on the outside of a joy that we feel we ought to be able to gin up with just one more holiday sale or a Christmas carol. A genuine Christian joy is all about rejoicing in hope, which means rejoicing in full recognition that our cause for joy, while it is breaking in, is not yet present in its fullness. The fact that we rejoice in hope gives Christian joy a particular shape. And this brings me to the second point. Whereas sorrow is a threat to holiday spirit, Christian joy engages productively with sorrow. We saw some of this already in the the verse that we were looking at before. Rejoicing in hope means rejoicing while also being patient in suffering. Now that makes no sense to Santa Claus and our world that follows his logic. For Santa, suffering, sorrow, and sadness are always and only threats to the global holiday spirit supply. They need to be isolated and drowned out by an assault of weapons-grade holiday magic available at fine retailers near you. Not so in the case of genuine Christian joy. The sort of joy that the Bible talks about is not threatened, but in fact deepened through its encounter with suffering. How? Through presence. And we're going to talk about this in, in at least two different ways. But Paul makes, makes this plain just a few verses later on in Romans, uh, in Romans 12, later on, just, just a couple of verses later in, in, in verse 15, when he says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. The emotional rule of the Christian life is not a despotic rejoice only and always. The emotional rule of the Christian life is an invitation, in part, an invitation to emotional solidarity. An invitation to stand together with one another in joy, yes, but also in sorrow, in anger, 
And this solidarity, this mutual belonging is itself a reason for joy embedded within the sorrows and disappointments of life themselves. Joy in the fact that we get to stand with one another, that we get to share in the emotional life of our brothers and sisters. That joy doesn't erase the sadness. If it did, it would erase itself because this is the joy in sharing one another's sorrow. The joy is in having another enter into our sorrow. My dear friend Rob Evans, um, his father had a serious medical incident last weekend. It seems that all is well now, but it was nervy for a bit. And as I was praying for Rob, it brought me back to so many other moments in our friendship. Like when Rob had cancer several years back, and I went to the hospital to sit with his wife, Asha, while he was in surgery sharing that bizarre emotional space of the family waiting room in the surgery ward. In part, I was there because several years before that, when my wife, Hannah, was in the cardiac ICU with an uncertain future, Rob spent the night at the hospital, sleeping in the waiting room, just in case I needed someone to talk to and to pray with. There was sorrow, no doubt, and fear, and worry in those spaces. There was also a sort of joy. Joy profoundly mixed with sadness. Joy, but there was joy that we were with one another at what felt like the end of all things, certainly at the end of ourselves. And that's a taste, I think, a taste of, of some of what it means to rejoice always, but not to only rejoice. Right? You got to hear that clearly. When Paul says rejoice always, he doesn't say rejoice only. And I think this is part of what it means to rejoice in hope. To enter into joy that's found in sorrows shared. Joy found in sharing the righteous anger of godly hope spurned. Joy found in sharing the melancholy of hope that nevertheless hopes. Joy like that thrives in the midst of the world as it actually is. It does its best work in the midst of sorrow and pain. This is the joy of presence. This is the joy of God with us, whom we await this Advent season. Which brings me to my third and final thought. Christian joy is Christ's joy. The joy of God with us, Emmanuel. Again, we can go back to Romans 12, 12. This is why Paul encourages us as we rejoice in hope and are patient in suffering. He says we ought also persevere in prayer, bringing our joy and our sorrow before one who is always present to us. Christ sharing in our joy, Christ sharing in our sorrow, Christ sharing in our disappointment and righteous anger, if indeed our anger is righteous. His is a joy that doesn't need to be protected from the messiness of life. 2020 didn't cause a crisis for God. God is not scrambling to gin up healthier levels of Christmas joy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God is unmoved. Quite the opposite. 
God has been mourning the pandemic with us. God has been hoping with us for a new moment in our long, broken history with race in this country. God has been with us, weeping as we weep, and yet also rejoicing, rejoicing with us as we rejoice, and rejoicing in simply being with us in the spirit of the living Christ. God, I take it, has been experiencing something like that hospital waiting room sort of joy, of presence. Which means we don't have to produce joy. God with us, Emmanuel, Christ Jesus, is rejoicing in being with us in the midst of our joys, our sorrows, our hopes realized and our hopes deferred. And he is eager to share his joy with us. As Jesus himself says in the gospel, in the gospel of John, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. His will is that his joy might be in us and that as a result, our joy may be complete. And the image here in this passage is that of abiding in Christ Jesus, the life-giving vine. It's not about producing fruit from our own labor, but rather naturally bearing fruit because we participate in the life of Christ. His joy becomes our joy, not because we muster up the joy that Christ demands. Jesus doesn't demand joy, but because as we participate in Christ's life, we're transformed from the inside out and joy, true joy, deep, abiding joy, joy that is not erased but is rather deepened by sorrow, comes as fruit of an inner life transformed by being rooted in the divine life of Christ who offers himself and offers this life to us freely. So as we respond today, as we hear what God's saying to us, I I have just a a few invitations for you. First of all, um, I invite you, take take stock, first of all, of what you're mourning. There are so many things that each of us has to be mourning from this past year. Um, Losses of of life, losses of uh, of health losses of, um, of, of plans and uh, of just a year that, that, that all of us had, had, dream, had dreams for and plans for um, that didn't happen. You need to take a moment to take stock of those things. And second, we want to find ways to receive Jesus' presence in our sorrow. When we think of what we're mourning, we need to know that Jesus is mourning with us. And then finally, We need to lean into the joy of presence. The joy of presence that we can experience with one another, the joy of presence that we can experience in in our lives with uh, God with us, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. You know, I was so glad to see um, uh, uh, one of our, our pastors, Bill Elander, offering a blue Christmas service for our community making space, recognizing that um, the December page of the calendar doesn't automatically bring all the joy that we might feel is expected of us at Christmas, often quite the opposite. Um, so glad that he, he made that space for us. And I, I know um, um, perhaps I, I, I actually called him up last night. I was like, I was like Bill, I, I feel like this sermon is going to be like the best invitation to your blue Christmas service, if only it hadn't already happened. Um, and so he's, he's actually like taken some of the materials that, that, that they shared in that, in that service and has made them available for us in some, um, in some ways that you'll hear about more in the prayer, prayer call in a second. 
But I would encourage you, whether it's um, uh, through engaging with Bill in, in, um, in prayer this afternoon, engaging with, um, with a document that he's prepared for us that, where we can do our own sort of personal reflection, um, you know, really what he's doing there is going to walk you through all three of these invitations. Let's, let, let's, take, let's take this invitation from, from Jesus. Not a demand that we be happy, but an invitation to true and abiding joy. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you, for who you are. Spirit of the living Christ, we thank you that your presence moves and works among us. Would you allow us to enter into your joy? Come and meet us in this Christmas season, even as we encounter you in the breaking of the bread. Amen.